Welcome to Confessions of a Fitness Manager. This podcast is meant for group fitness managers, fitness supervisors, fitness directors, coordinators, and everything in between. Basically, if you oversee a team of fitness professionals, this podcast is for you. It's part venting, part storytelling, and part practical tactical tips and useful information by two women who have a history overseeing large fitness teams and know how much it means to not feel alone. Fresh episodes will be released anywhere you can access podcasts on the last Friday of every month or before you slam the laptop until Monday or on Saturday on Saturdays when your yoga instructor calls in sick. We'll be talking about secrets, strategies, and struggles to hiring and leading fitness teams. Pour yourself a tasty beverage and come with us on this event. We are going to be speaking very much about hiring part one, hiring new talent, whether it's group fitness instructors, personal trainers, Pilates teachers, or anything in between. Um, Mm -hmm. And we are going to format this episode in beginning with our own wonderful stories that we've had the pleasure of experiencing as hiring managers in the fitness industry. And then we'll take it into some of the potential venting moments where we review some of the things we see about resumes as we're reviewing them and determining if they should make it to the next stages of the hiring process. And then the final piece of this episode will be all about how to help you strategize, how to help you weed through the crap that you see on resumes, the crap that you have to work through um, before you take them to the next step. And we'll do our best to keep this nice and short for you because we like to do that as well. Um, So cheers, Jessica. What are you drinking? Cheers, Stacey. I am drinking a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley. Cheers. I am having a Malbec, not sure where from or why, but it was on sale. So there we are. (laughs) Very good. That's the best wine. It tastes great. (laughs) It does taste great. Um, So Jessica, go ahead and tell us your story. I mean, I know we have a lot, but could you tell us more about your story of reading someone's resume? Yeah. So this is um, a personal training applicant that came to drop off his resume in person at my club in Chicago. And this story just stands out like no other in my mind. In all my years of hiring, uh, I have never had an applicant act in such a way. So first, this gentleman, we'll call him John, came to my club and came to the front desk to drop his resume off in person, which we don't see a whole lot of these days, but I appreciate the initiative. So he dropped off his resume and I didn't even get a chance to look at it. And he was already asking to have a sit down, to have an interview, to have a tour of the club. And when I happened to walk by the front desk, I was in my way to, I was on my way to another meeting. So we let him know, hey, this isn't a good time. We're on our way to another meeting, but is this the correct number to reach you at? Because when we're done with the meeting, we can give you a call and we could set something up. And he's like, yes, that's fine. Uh, this is the right phone number to reach me at, but can I just take a tour real quick? And I'm like, you know what? It's a really large club, not enough time. Uh, no. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to another meeting, so I'm gonna have to pass. Um, so I left it at that and didn't even get a chance to review the resume at that point because I went into my other meeting. So when the meeting, so when my previous meeting was over, I have, I went back to the front desk because I left, um, I think I left like a notebook or something up there. And I was talking to the front desk guy who happened to be there to receive this gentleman, John, when he came in to drop his office application. 
And the front desk attendant said, yeah, John was actually here for about 20 minutes, who kept asking if he can go take a tour of the club. It was to the point where the front desk attendant felt uncomfortable after 20 minutes. So, uh, and the, this applicant, John, that was venting to the front desk attendant saying that we essentially blue balled him for not just dropping everything. These were John's words and taking him for an interview. Casey, you know, I don't use that term. So, sorry for any PG people listening. So the front desk attendant was so uncomfortable with John being there venting for 20 minutes. He had to get another manager. And the only other manager that happened to be available uh, was a manager of a completely different department. And so it was a female manager and she had to go to go up to the front desk and be like, hey, you were already told several times that this isn't going to happen today. Like they'll be in touch. And he made her feel so uncomfortable. And she he was being creepy. We'll just go with creepy, creepy with her. So mm -hmm. I'm told all this after the fact and I'm like, absolutely not. Like there is no way this, this guy is going to be a part of my team. So we go to call him. This was a number that was on his resume that he had verified. And of course, not the right number. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. So you can kind of see where this story is going. So we also reached out to him via email. And of course, nothing. So I'm like, you know what, I bet he's going to show up the next day. Like I just knew he was going to show up. And he did. And he did. He happened to show up when my general manager was at the front desk. And I I really do respect my general manager. We'll call my general manager Jay. He has a big personal training background, so he kind of gets it. So Jay, the general manager of the club, was very much aware of this guy. And I hear Jay say, Hey, we tried to call you. And I'm like, that's John. Like I like I was ready for it. And so and so John was just like, Oh, I didn't get a phone call. And Jay's like, Well, we called the number that was on your resume. This is a very long story. I'm sorry, people. Grab your wine, grab your phone. Good. It's all good. It's all good. It's a very so good anyway, story. So anyway, we were telling like we were telling John, like, yeah, we tried to call you, we tried to email you. He's like, Well, I didn't get anything. Did you really try to call me? Like it, like implying that we didn't actually reach out to him wow. and, and like it was to the point where like we pulled up our like the phone and we're like here's the number that we called he's like oh yeah well that's the wrong number and it's like well, <laughs> well it's on your resume <laughs> exactly right and and you confirmed it when we asked so anyway wow. so we're like you know what like we're it's just not it's just not gonna work out like you're not gonna be a part of the team and this just sent john off the rails like he was screaming and he didn't uh, he wanted to know why he's like you have to tell me why and we're like we don't have to tell you anything and i am so glad jay was up there our general manager because i think that he mm -hmm. i if i was up there alone then i would have had it would have been a very different ending but jay handled it so professionally he's like we don't have to tell you anything best of luck to you and it was just it was escalating i mean this was like a good 10 minute yelling match at the front desk from this oh. guy john and he was like you're tarnishing my name and we're like no one here knows your name no one, <laughs> no one knows no one cares <laughs> no one knows your name it was just it was oh, just no. a thing and so finally jay was just like you know what like you were a little bit vulgar yesterday saying that we uh blue balled you or we he's jay said he's uh you were a little vulgar when we said when you told the front desk attendant that we cock blocked you. And John was like, I didn't say cock blocked, I said blue balled. And we're like, how is that better? <laughs> both, both are bad. Real bad. Both, bad. both are not something you want to say to a uh, potential employer. So if you're looking here for tips, don't say that to future employers. Yeah, if you're, so, if you're an instructor looking for tips. <laughs>
Don't say that's that. Not, that's not something to say. So it was, uh, it, it became a whole, it was a thing. So that was just wow. probably the, the most wild encounter I've had with an applicant. And this was all before I even got a chance to review the resume. So by wow. the time I did get a chance to review the resume, Stacey, I believe I called you and it was just like, I received this resume is wild, you guys. And I have it saved. That's how wild it is. He has things. John has things on it. First of all, spelling and grammatical errors, which that's the least of it. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about his time in the Catholic school and how he, after leaving the Catholic school, graduated with a new outlook on life and a huge chip on his shoulder. Maybe not the best thing to put in a resume. No. Um, no, he was talking about like school, like theater performances he was in and how he will write that he uh, he got a standing ovation and his play was a smash hit. Um, he talked about how in several parts of his resume that he's worked with a various, uh, various different people and a group of kick-ass individuals. So those are just some bullet points on That's the That's so specific <laughs> and powerful. <laughs> Wow. So I use this as a standard of what, of what not to do in a resume and what not to do um, at a first first impression. Just it was it was bad all around. So that is probably my wildest recent story. I don't think I've ever read a resume that is just so beyond anything. And mm. I've never had anyone just come into the club and behave in such a way. So no, I think that's my story. I hope I didn't no. go over time there, but that was my story. Well, it's such a good story because it's, it has a touch of drama to it, but also <laughs> drama, a lot of unnecessary drama that is not warranted. Exactly. But also it's, it's kind of addressing the fact that, you know, you might re read a resume, but there are also actions that are a part of whatever that instructor or personal trainer or Pilates teacher does yeah. when they send it to you, when they submit it to you, whether they bring it in person. And I like how you started with wasn't horrible that he brought it in person. It probably could have given him, given him major props if he acted appropriately. Yeah, yeah but, 100%. Um, yeah, the fact that but you then, like, read his resume was impressive to me <laughs> after all I that. Just, at that point, I was just kind of curious, like who yeah. is this person? But yeah. had he dropped his resume off and acted professionally and left, um, I probably would have called him just based on the resume alone and just, you know, I would have at least given him the decency of a phone call and just say, you know what, like, thank you, but no, thank you. We're not interested. If I had gotten this resume online through Indeed or wherever it is, I wouldn't have given it the time of day. No, no, exactly. Oh, at, at that point. Yeah, absolutely not. Which may be way, why his strategy was to come into the building and be so demanding. He, he was not understanding at all why oh, no. why we were turning him away. It was, wow. it was unreal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so my story to follow up isn't quite as exciting, but since my newest role has been more of hiring applicants remotely, taking a look at resumes is an absolute like thing I have to do every single day mm -hmm. as I look at all different areas of the country and I and I review these resumes. But the interesting piece is also when I need to, when I review a resume that gives me very little to work from and I try to give them a second chance by asking more questions. So this mm. particular applicant comes to us from, I'll give you the location, Texas, and we'll call him Patrick. But he 
applied to be an instructor and coach for this particular company that is remote with me. And it was his, his resume was very intense in a lot of experience working with professional athletes, you know, mid-level athletes, like very much that was his target audience and market he wanted, wanted to work with. So, but I didn't see any certifications. I didn't see any particular education that really like certified him to, to work with our, our clients. So my first question to this gentleman was, thank you for applying. Please share a bit more about your certifications and experience coaching clients that may not be at the athletic level. So his, what I, I think I don't love is the, not only the context of what he says in his responses, but his attitude in the responses mm-hmm. very much this ego, right? I think your applicant you shared your story about was also a great example of that ego that there's no yeah. training someone at that point. Like if someone has that ego, there's no helping someone get over that ego. Absolutely. <laughs> like that's a problem that you are not going to solve. And if they have an ego yeah. going in, I think you and I have learned this. If they have an ego going in, it's yep. just going to get worse if they're actually a part of your team. Yeah. You're stuck with it forever. That's just mm-hmm. the ego you get to work with. So mm-hmm. uh, his response was regarding certification education. I have a master's degree in applied sports and exercise science. Which, which focused heavily on periodization and training cycles. I know what a master's degree in exercise science would, would entail. Um, and I also completed a level two fitness training and instruction qualification while in England. That's not like, what is that? I don't know what that, like, yeah. is it because it's in England that it's better than us or I don't know. <laughs> That's not giving you any like relevant information. No relevant information, exactly. Um, and as you and I both agree on, and this may be one of those topics that like, I there are times where I think some instructors and coaches may have this understanding, like I have all this higher level education, why do I need to get a certification? Mm-hmm. And yeah. myself and Jessica's stance on this is that it's the bare bones, bare minimum mm-hmm. understanding of how to program and work with and treat a client. Absolutely. To work with like it's the it's like it's like not i don't even know how to how to like like what kind of like comparison to have it's, with it but it's, it's like it, it's wild and i'm actually doing i'm actually dealing this right now with a with a new applicant who we are just bringing on board we just give, gave him an offer and he has all the knowledge in the world he has a background in exercise science and he doesn't have a certification so that's that's the struggle. And I, I mean, as you said, it is like the bare minimum industry standard. I don't care what degrees you have. I don't care if you have a master's. I don't care if you work with some fancy team in England. If you do not have a basic primary certification, then we cannot take you on as part of our team. It is the bare minimum. Yeah. And for us in this remote, um, industry I work with, I work with is it's, I I so appreciate that you invested your time and energy in getting a degree that'll bring you, like put you further in some of the other roles that you could play. Yeah. But for liability reasons, when someone tries to get liability insurance as a professional, that's the first thing that liability insurance asks for because it's, Mm -hmm. it's something that's maintained over time. And so I think that's the Mm -hmm. difference for me too, is, you could get your degree. And then we all know that the science behind movement is changing all the time. And that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily keep up with that unless you have that certification. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that, but 
after that, I asked a question to this gentleman once more, um, basically explaining that thank you for sharing your degree and additional education while mm-hmm. in England. I'm trying to boost his ego a little bit. But I explained to him, you know, we're looking for coaches who have a primary personal training certification or a group fitness instructor mm-hmm. certification. Gave him some examples, ACE, NASM, ACSM, like just sure. in case he needed yeah. a little, you know, jogging Someday. of his memory. Yeah. And then the best response was, absolutely. While I am privileged to work with talented athletes in the 